Hello everyone and welcome back to Marvel Mania, the podcast where we talk anything and everything Marvel related. I'm your host, Garrett Broder, and with me is my co-host, Brandon Janicki. Hello, and as I said, uh, welcome to Marvel Mania. Today we'll be talking about the show, or movie I guess, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So Brandon, what did you think of this movie? Uh, yeah, so I saw the movie a couple weeks ago now, and uh, can't say I was entirely blown away by it. In fact, there were a lot of things that j- just did not work for me. It definitely subverted my ex- expectations, for better or for worse, but I think, for the most part, it was for worse. There were a few things I liked about it here and there, a few elements that did work for me, uh, a few moments I thought were cool enough, uh, but overall, it, it felt really messy uh, and kind of a poor execution for expanding the multiverse. And despite being called the actual multiverse of madness, personally, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of madness going on in this film. But we'll get to that a little bit later. What did you happen to think about it, Garrett? I thought it was a great film, which is a lot different than what you thought. I know that. Oh, yes. Uh, the couple things I would change, I did not like like the things that you liked, such as we talked about earlier, as the zombie... Doctor Strange, or as we saw in the trailer, or the um, dialogue could have been, it was a hit or miss at some points, but besides that, I thought it was a great plot device, that was a great uh, motive, and I just, I just like the show as a whole, or movie as a whole. I'm still talking about shows now, I keep wanting to say show. <laughs> yeah, actually, we can start on that whole uh, horror element aspect, because uh, being directed by Sam Raimi, who also directed the Evil Dead movies, There was a lot of horror elements in this movie, and that's one thing that did work for me. I think it made it a very unique um, installment to the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe. It really made it stand out as its own. Uh, I thought Zombie Strange was kind of a cool touch, um, and they really made Wanda more of a horror character. Uh, That I did like, Yeah, that was really cool. Just a a lot of really unique uh, moments that could definitely be considered part of the horror genre. And I think when people found out that Sam Raimi was going to be directing this movie— Everyone, myself included, thought that there was it was going to be you know kind of reminiscent of his original Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. Thought, yeah. yeah, that was kind of my thought as well. I thought it was going to be more like that. Which, granted, there were a couple of lines that made me realize, oh yeah, this is directed by Sam Raimi. Um, although I guess it's really more of the the writer's fault, but we'll get more into that later. Um, but it's really really more reminiscent of his Evil Dead movies that he made with all the horror elements stacked in there. There were a lot of jump scares, a lot of surprises, especially with Wanda. Um, and that really did work for me. The other thing that did work for me, too, was um, the fight between Doctor Strange and Wanda, which, for those of you who haven't guessed by now, yes, Wanda Maximoff is officially the Scarlet Witch, and she has become the main antagonist in this film. That is one thing. The trailers, I don't know about you, Garrett, but the trailers really threw me for a loop with that one. I thought oh, she yeah. was going to be helping Doctor Strange in this movie, but it doesn't skip a beat. She straight up becomes the antagonist. And they had a fight in this movie early on, which was really cool, mostly for the fact that um, it was cool to see um, Doctor Strange, a sorcerer, go up against Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, where, you know, Doctor Strange got to use his sorcery powers and Wanda got to use her, like, witchcraft. And it was really neat to see the differences in the powers between what's considered sorcery and what's considered witchcraft and then, go, you know, them kind of battle each other out. Um, I thought that worked very well. Oh, I agree. That was one thing I did like was, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, the Scarlet Witch being an antagonist, um, which I know is how she was supposed to be in the comics, 
but it was really cool to actually see that on film and see her transformation from like a good guy to the antagonist of the movie. Mm. That, yeah, that's very that's kind of true. I kind of agree with that. Here's here's the thing about that though is we really you excuse me you don't see her transformation in this movie. For anybody who hasn't seen this movie yet, I highly recommend. In fact, I insist that you watch WandaVision beforehand because we are now at the point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where watching the TV shows, and I hate to say this because I don't like most of them, but where watching the TV shows are almost crucial so that you can understand what's happening when the movies come out. And I would say it's quite crucial that you watch WandaVision so that you know how she got from, you know, somewhat innocent Wanda to the full-on Scarlet Witch. Now, what I don't like about her in this movie is that she relives, if for those of the for those of you who have seen WandaVision, you will know right off the bat, she is redoing, reliving the same motivation that she had in WandaVision, where she, you know, kidnapped an entire town just, just so she could have a family. She now cares about her kids once again. So now her grand plan is she is going to find a Wanda in another universe. Kill that Wanda, kill a version of herself because she is so petty and so childish that this particular Wanda, the main Wanda, has to have her own kids for herself. She can't even be happy that a version of her, you know, has kids out there. No, 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 that, that, that can't be allowed. This Wanda has to go out, kill another version of herself, and then have her own kids. Once more, it's all about the family plot, and she tries to justify that several times throughout the film. And it just does not work. I mean, Doctor Strange tries to talk some reason into her, but she just she doesn't want to listen. She keeps going after her kids more and more, and she does some pretty questionable things in this movie. And I I, I can't believe, and yet there are some people, I can't believe anyone would actually be able to defend her after that. I mean, what, what do you think, Gary? Would, would you defend her in any way? I would say what she's done is pretty darn questionable. I would agree that it was not a good motive. But if you think about the book of, like the evil book, I'm blanking on its name, the Darkhold, uh, I believe. Yeah, the Darkhold. Yes. Yeah. We'll get into that. Um, yeah. That is the one thing I think what made her that evil. And I think it worked well with her, um, you know, her being like that weird, that, that her tactics didn't make sense, but it's because of the Darkhold making her mind like not there. You know what I mean? So you believe the Darkhold kind of took a took a hold of her? Yes, exactly. Quite Quite literally. Uh, talk quite literally. Okay. Now that you say that, I've never really looked at it from that point of view. I guess I could see how that's possible. Me personally, I was hoping she'd be a little bit more intelligent than to let a book take over her. But now that you say that, it, it did shed a little bit more light on it. So I could see that. Um, despite that, though, one thing I did not like about the Darkhold is the fact that um, she had the Darkhold from the beginning. And she was using it to, I believe they called it Dreamwalk, over to another universe so she could then take over and have her own kids. But the book gets destroyed, and that was kind of an interesting moment because then I'm wondering, oh, what's she going to do? Where's the movie going to go from here? What's going to happen? Well, long story short, she ends up torturing Wong, and then Wong says, oh, well, it's no problem. That wasn't even the real Darkhold. Like, are you kidding me? What were we What were we doing right here then? Yeah, exactly. It was, we, it was we, a replica. Yeah, it was a replica. Like, you don't – every every fantasy movie that I have watched, and J.K. Rowling does this very well with Harry Potter – that's like, you know, um, 
a big no-no. That's a big no-no. That's a huge no-no. Yeah, any any fan uh, fantasy MacGuffin that you make, that's a huge no-no, especially when it's you know something so important as that. You can't just start making replicas because then the question comes up: Well, how many replicas are there out there? How many people have these dark holds, and what are they using them for? And you know, where's the real one at? Now we do learn where the real ones at. We end up going to that ultimate shrine, but it just ends up wasting a bunch of time in the movie because she has it. She doesn't have it. Then they have to take a journey to find the real one, and it just feels like they didn't really know what else to do, and it just feels like a waste of time um, for Wanda, and especially for Wong, who literally gets thrown out of the movie for a good chunk of it. He ends up fighting back against Wanda, and of course he gets thrown off a cliff. Part of me thought he died, but then an hour later in the film, he comes back. Apparently he just gets knocked out, just gets thrown out of the film just because they don't need him, and once again, they don't know what to do with him. And that was just very frustrating to watch. No, that I will agree. That's another part I did not like about the movie is just removing some characters mm-hmm. uh, instantly. Yes. Like if you think about um, John Krasinski or Peggy Car- or John Krasinski, um, the guy from Fantastic Four. Reed Richards, yeah. Yeah, Reed Richards. Um, he was just killed immediately, right? As we were introduced to him, Professor X uh, also was just removed, as I'm sure you were devastated by. I... M- once I saw all the other ones starting getting killed off, I knew he was going to be next. What I was most devastated or most frustrated by is the fact that they had the nerve, the audacity to have Wanda Maximoff win a mind battle over Professor X. Professor X, who is the master of, you know, telepathy, um, you know, the master over the mind. They have Wanda win that battle that made me absolutely furious i mean he he's been around for years he has more wisdom he has more experience than wanda and yeah a a battle of telekinesis they have wanda win just to show how powerful she is i mean she wipes out the entire illuminati that way just to show how powerful she is now obviously going up against reed richards and uh black bolt and captain carter i kind of get she's going to kill them but to kill professor x in that fashion that yeah as an x-men fan that made me just a little bit angry right there. The other one, it, she killed Captain Marvel way too easily, in my opinion, for being an overpowered superhero. That was so quick, so did not make sense. Yeah, she did, and her death, too. Then just, like, rubble started to fall on her or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's that. what happened. It wasn't even like yeah. Wanda did anything over to overpower. It was just, like, she knocked over rubble, and then she was killed by underneath the rubble. Now, I will say, most of the other deaths were actually really cool in the Illuminati. I mean, Captain Carter threw her shield at Wanda. Wanda basically caught it, spun around, and then chopped her in half or split her in half. That was yeah, really that cool. That was really see. neat. That's the horror part, another horror part of this movie, which yes. I enjoyed. The entire Illuminati just slaughterhouse. I mean, that was something else to see. Um, Reed Richards, you know, the uh, plastic man or whatever they call him, he was just turned into spaghetti just like that. Uh, Black Bolt, which this has become quite the topic for debate, you know, his power is to basically scream towards someone and then the sound waves basically makes that person pass out or die. So he was going to do that, but then Wanda closes his mouth. And then a lot of people have some problems with what happened next is that he starts to freak out that he doesn't have a mouth. So he screams internally, which causes his head to explode. And a lot of people said that, you know, they thought that was really stupid. That was really dumb. Honestly, that didn't bother me as much. No, because, I didn't. I was not bothered by yeah, that. If you think about it, like if you suddenly, if you for some reason had this power where your sound waves, your shock waves make someone die or pass out, and then all of a sudden you find out you don't have a mouth, like mm-hmm. your mouth is gone, you'd start to freak out, and your first instinct would be to yell, but you don't have a mouth. And so keep in mind, this guy's shock waves would kill somebody, and because they have nowhere else to go, they kill him. I think that I think that makes perfect sense. I think that's being a little bit too nitpicky. 
but you know, it's what. No, I agree. I thought that one made sense. I thought Captain Carter's was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you're gonna die, that is the way to go. Like, yes. kind of, not the way to go. Well, but, like, you not know the, know way you go, the way you want to go. Not the way you want to go for movie purposes. Yeah, that's it's what you want. Pretty see. cool. Yeah. Uh, keeping uh. on the topic of the Illuminati, though, here's here's a big problem I have with the whole idea of the Illuminati, is, and this um, connects directly into Loki. The question I have with the Illuminati is why do they exist now? Because in Loki, they created this whole idea of the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, which are supposed to be in charge and interfere with anybody who may be a disturbance to the overall uh, universe. And in this movie, Doctor Strange, even though Wanda is really the threat here, the movie insists that Doctor Strange, he is the threat to the universe here. So my question is, why doesn't the TVA get involved? Why do we have to bring in this Illuminati? Well, the answer, the answer, why we have to bring them in is for the sake of cameos. That's why. They just we need more cameos. We got to put John Krasinski in somehow so people can be excited about that and Captain Carter and Professor X and, you know, oh, cameos, got to throw in the cameos. But now that we're introducing all these shows, I knew, I knew that someday, and soon enough, of course, they were going to start, you know, not contradicting conne- it. Contradicting. Thank you. They were yeah. going to start contradicting each other. Sure enough. Loki introduces the TVA, which I knew was a bad idea from the beginning for several reasons. And now, when they should be doing their job, they're not around, and they have to just introduce the Illuminati just for the sake of cameos. Even though it really should have been the TVA that interfered with Doctor Strange and told him, "Hey, you know, you are interfering with the multiverse, and you're a threat, and all this, and yada yada yada." But that didn't happen. No, I agree. Although I don't know if that was. Interfering with the multiverse, or is just a part of the multiverse in a sense? So, because like she, he was going with the time traveler, with whom, whose name I'm blanking on. Um, but um, you know, like the time traveling girl or multiverse traveling girl. Oh, America Chavez. Yes. We'll yes. Talk about, yeah, I'll talk about her in a second too. I'll continue. Yeah. Um, but her, she was, um, you know, she's hopping from multiverse to multiverse, and it's not like it's a coincidence that she was just stumbling upon Doctor Strange. I think it was like part of the whole. You know, I don't think the time variance authority could even get in the way because she came to him. And if she was an issue, then they would, you know, she would be a part of the TVA. Or TVA. Mm. Oh, TVA. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess, boy, this is my boggling. Is that, I, I, again, I guess I can see where you're coming from. I mean, yeah, the multiverse makes it so much more confusing. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, because I remember in Loki, the TVA, they weren't, I guess they weren't so much about the multiverse as they were about the sacred timeline. Yeah. You know, they wanted to protect that sacred timeline and everything that happened in it. But now that the sacred timeline is an absolute mess, you know, maybe they don't care. Maybe they have to deal with that or something else is going on. No, exactly. That's kind of what I had in mind. Either way, I feel like the Illuminati was ultimately an unnecessary addition. It was just kind of to, you know, say, hey, look what we have coming. You know, we have John Krasinski as Reed Richards, and we're going to bring back Professor X, you know, and the X-Men, which we kind of already knew. But frankly, if they're going to bring back Professor X, I would say just go with the younger versions, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender for Professor X and Magneto. Um, I think it's time we um, that uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen can uh, hang up there their wheelchairs and their helmets respectively oh yeah and pass it down to the younger generation because i mean um professor x patrick stewart didn't even look like he really wanted to be in this movie no (laughs) he just looked done with the whole thing and frankly i can't blame him but uh going back to america chavez another character i had a big problem with i mean she right next to the dark hold was like the epitome 
of a plot device in this movie because despite being a character, she had no actual characterization. She had no stakes in the plot. It's just everybody wanted her for her powers. Everybody wanted her because she could travel between the multiverse. You know, a very unique power indeed, but it's something that could have very easily been like a MacGuffin or an object. I don't know, like an orb or something like that. Like, it didn't need to be a person that had this power, and that's the only reason why she's in the movie. She doesn't do anything. Like Wong, Wong, she gets thrown out or basically captured for almost half the movie, thrown out of the way so other stuff can happen, and she has no characterization. She has no real personality. The only thing we know about her is that, you know, she had two, she had two moms that, you know, she ended up uh, killing, and she feels partially responsible for that. But nothing really comes of it. Nothing really happens. She doesn't have any real emotion or stakes in the story. The only things that has stake, the only thing that has stakes in the story is her powers. That's what Wanda wants her for. That's why Doctor Strange wants to protect her, and she doesn't actually do anything. Also, we were talking about this earlier, but she is the. We'll admit though, she is the person who stopped uh, Wanda and really, well, not really stopped her, but like put Wanda into the shoes of another Wanda, and saw that the kids did not want her in her life or their lives. Yeah, I, that the fact that Wanda couldn't see that before. I mean, it, it her whole morals were just completely messed up in this movie. I mean, yeah, it took her a full 2 hours for her to well, it took her a whole show and a full another movie for her to realize that oh yeah, this is this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like she just acted very very selfish in this movie. Um and what I was about to say like we were talking about earlier is the name America Chavez. Oh my goodness. I mean, what a contradicting name. And, and this isn't on Marvel. This is that Stan Lee made the character, so this is on him. But I just thought I should point out that her first name is, of course, America. You know, whether it's named after, whether it's because it's North America or South America, doesn't matter. Uh, because her last name, Chavez, happens to be the name of a former Venezuelan president. So, not quite sure how you get a character whose first name is America, and then her last name, Chavez, is taken from a former Venezuelan president. From history, not quite sure what Stanley was thinking on that one. Uh, also, her heritage uh, has um, been proven to be uh, Mexican in the film. So, first name America, last name Chavez, Venezuelan president, and your heritage is Mexican. So, yeah, not quite sure how that happens, but here we are. And then it wasn't even worth having her in the movie because, like I said, she didn't really have any stakes in the plot. Like you said, she did end up, I guess quote-unquote killing Wanda. I mean, do you believe that she's even dead at the end of the movie? Oh, I do believe she's dead. You if do it, believe that's it's dead. A, you know, she turned, even though she had this whole uh, issue with, you know, like the weird plot device that you think is weird, I think it works perfectly fine with the Darkhold. Um, I think I think it's a MacGuffin, for sure. I, I think it's a MacGuffin that doesn't work, and I think that it's dumb that... I, 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 don't, I, don't have, I don't have any problems with magic books, of course. I mean, I love Harry Potter, and they have a lot of those kind of things in there. But it's the way they went about using it that made me frustrated. And the fact that they copied it, and then they, like, wasted 30 minutes of the movie going to find the real one. And it, it, that was just a lot of big no-nos there. That, that, I will agree, is a true statement. But um, I do agree, like, she killed, she destroyed the real Darkhold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, the actual, like, um, what's it called? Like, Monument. Yeah, the Monument for her, the, yeah, for the for, Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I think when she destroyed that, that was really, like, her last hurrah moment. I think that was a good way to send her off, for the most part. Um, even though she was evil through the movie, it was like, okay, I've realized what I've done. It was, a bit, it was like, big character development to where she used to be. 
even though I don't know, it was a really I don't know. I feel like it was a good way to send her off. Um, people have disagreed, and I know that, but yeah, I mean, me personally, I felt like it was a little bit shallow. I mean, that's just me personally. It didn't quite work. Um, and what really didn't work, we haven't really touched too much on the the horrible script and dialogue in this movie. But I kid you not, and I wish we could play like a soundtrack for anybody listening to hear just how ridiculous this is. But I kid you not, and if this is Wanda's, you know, last stand. If this is her final moment and she is dead, this makes it even worse. But the final words of dialogue between America Chavez and Wanda Maximoff right before they kill each other, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I know they actually say this, is somehow America Chavez gets the upper hand on Wanda. And this isn't even real dialogue. It's just noises. But America Chavez looks at her after getting the upper hand, and America Chavez goes, mm-hmm. And then Wanda literally, I kid you not, Wanda looks back at her, shakes her head and goes, mm-mm, and then dies. And I just, oh, a part of me died. And so, I mean, wow, there are some horrible dialogue moments in this movie. Another one being um, that Doctor Strange says something like, oh, you can't make your kids, you know, with magic or something like that. They're not real. And then Wanda says, oh, but all kids are made with magic. Ooh. Oh, that's, I, didn't, I forgot about that. Just so many cringeworthy lines in this movie. There's a few more that I can't remember, but I know they were there. But the big one was at the end where you have this big, you know, confrontation. America Chavez, Wanda Maximoff, and it's just, mm-hmm, mm-mm, dies. Oh, my gosh. Who wrote this? That is true. I will agree that was not a good way to go about it. But I do think no. that it was still a good send off for Wanda Maximoff, even with that. Yeah, I, I will. Well, one thing we get out of it is that it gives hope for uh, anyone like you and me that literally anyone can be a writer and get paid for it. Because just think about the fact that someone got paid to write that. That's true. I mean, hey, that gives that. anyone out there who wants to be a writer someday, go for it. Because it's, you know, if Marvel is accepting stuff like that and thinking, yeah, this, this, this looks good. By all means, you can be a writer any day of the week because this is the kind of stuff they're accepting. Well, they probably have. They probably have like bigger time writers who've wrote better scripts, better stories. Well, um, you would think so, but you you want to know what other project this writer worked on? What as of recently? Loki. They wrote Loki. I love that, but okay. Oh, okay. Well, like we I said, we've talked about this before. I love. I think that was one of the better Marvel TV shows. That was better than WandaVision. I thought it was better than the awful Hawkeye. It was better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not as good as. Uh, Moon Knight, though, which we'll get into no. another week. Yeah, next week or another week, we can start talking more about Moon Knight, which I did enjoy Moon Knight, um, but that's more for another week. Um, so I think last but not least, we, as always with these Marvel movies, have the end credit scenes. To yes. Talk about. Uh, two yes. end credit scenes, technically one, because the last one is just for a joke. It's basically a big middle finger for all the uh, hardcore Marvel fans that like to stay to the end. But the yep. mid credit scene... Honestly, I'm a little foggy on what happened there. I mean, do you... I don't remember at all. I do remember basically what happened is Doctor Strange ends oh, up... Oh, it was... um He ends up getting that like third eye and talking to... Um, yes, he gains the third eye the, back. One of the Eternals, right? From no, not, not an Eternal. Not an Eternal. This is a brand new character. Uh, a friend of mine did a little bit of research, and apparently... I, I forget her name, but she... And this is just according to the research he's done with comics. I don't remember her name, but the lady that showed up is actually the daughter, somehow, the daughter of Dormammu. Ooh. The bad guy from Doctor Strange number one. Yeah, yeah, the big bad villain. That's why she came out of the dark dimension with that like little 
knife thing that she has. She came out of the dark dimension and said that she needs Doctor Strange to help her. And also, apparently, according to the comics, her and Doctor Strange end up getting married. Weird. Believe it or not. I, I know. Gets married to Dormammu's daughter, which is actually, that's kind of interesting. Not quite sure how that would work, but, you know, it's an interesting development right there. So, yeah, obviously, sure. she's taking Doctor Strange away so that, you know, Doctor Strange 3 can sometime happen in the future. Oh, and yeah. And they're going to go on their adventure maybe through the Dark Dimension or something like that. So. Yeah, we'll figure it out when it gets, when it gets there. Yeah. But very good movie, Very, I thought. Oh, you, well, then, it, there was also the uh, other end credit scene, too. Which, oh, yeah, the big middle finger for everyone to stay yeah, around. Yeah, basically everyone who insisted on staying around. Uh, so there was basically a gag earlier in the movie where Doctor Strange puts a spell on some guy who starts punching himself. This guy is actually played by Bruce Campbell who is notorious for having uh, a cameo in basically all of Sam Raimi's movies. Apparently, they're, like, really good buds or something like that. So we gave him a cameo in this, and the end credit scene, at the very end, after you wait through all the credits, goes back to Bruce Campbell's character as he's still punching himself, and then he stops, and he looks at the camera, and he says, it's over, and then starts laughing, and then either, depending on what kind of person you are, you will start laughing, or if you're like me you will slouch back into your chair and be like, oh, thanks a lot, Marvel. Thanks I, I thought that was great. <laughs> Especially, like, to tell the movie, like, the end credits, he's like, oh, it's over. And then it just goes black. I thought that was so funny. I, th- I thought it was a big middle finger to the face. Because that's, it little, was. that's it what was. they're all looking forward to is those end credit scenes to, you know, see what's coming. He's just like, oh, you stupid. You stayed to the end of the film. Aren't you dumb? <laughs> Here you go. And then, bam, it's over. I was frustrated. Other people, because at the theater I worked at, we have some people that come out. They start laughing. They thought it was funny. Other people were like, you had me wait for that. Why didn't you tell me? Yada, yada, yada. Whatever. People take it two different ways. That's true. Uh, But, yeah, what are your final thoughts on the movie as a whole, Garrett? What would you uh, rate it? Rate it out of five or rate it out of ten? Uh, Pretty five. Out of five, yeah. We'll do five. I'll give it a 3.5, four, somewhere in that range. Um. It was very well. I love Doctor Strange, but I didn't think they did him justice in some moments. Uh, I did not like Zombie Doctor Strange, as I mentioned. Uh, I did not like the Third Eye. I did, like just really weird. They went about it really weird, and they didn't do anything with um his like girlfriend back in the original Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. That she was just kind of just there. Yes, and I did not like that. Um, I didn't even understand why she was there, like as a whole. That's another very good point. Yeah, again, she felt very uh, useless. I think it was just to give closure on the fact that her and Doctor Strange are not going to happen, even though I I saw that coming from the beginning. Yeah, we all knew that. It it was already over. Yeah, it was already over, and they had the wedding. I I don't know why they really brought her back. I mean, I think her her actual, her other universe um, counterpart had more to do than her actual character. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I did not like that, but... You know, I, besides that, that's the, that was the one big thing I wanted to talk about that really bothered me about the movie, and that really brought it down, as well as, um, like you said, some of the dialogue. Um, I think the Illuminati getting destroyed so easily, especially Professor X, just made no sense to me. So that, I'll give it like probably 3.5 as a whole. Okay. Yeah, that's um, what one of my coworkers rated it as well. I think it was a 3.5 or something like that. Me, personally, I, ugh, I, got, I got to give this a 2 out of 5. I figured that was coming. Two, two out of five. Yeah, there, there's a few things I liked about it. Some elements work. I personally like the horror elements. Uh, it makes it much more memorable than any other or some other Marvel movies like, say, uh, the first two Thors. Can't remember anything about those. Or the Ant-Man movies. Don't remember anything about those. I like the Ant-Man, the second Ant-Man, but first one, I, I, I remember the train scene. That's it. They were fun, but they were not memorable at all. For sure. These horror elements, they will make Doctor Strange memorable. Um... 
And like I said, some of the fight scenes worked. Uh, there was also, I forgot to talk about this, a fight scene between Doctor Strange and uh, the evil Doctor Strange at the end where they had like a musical note battle. That was Remember, really cool. That was a really cool scene. That was a really cool scene. scene. Yeah. They, obviously, like all Doctor Strange movies, the cinematography was fantastic. Um, it was good, yeah. And like I, I did like those battles. But overall, I mean, this film just felt riddled with plot devices and plot holes, whether it was MacGuffins or characters themselves. And it was in no way coherent with Loki or WandaVision or really any of the other Marvel shows that Marvel insists that we watch to, you know, make it make sense. If anything, it just made it more confusing and it just redid motivations from the past and it felt kind of lazy at some points and yes the dialogue ugh, was horrible the script was bad a uh, cinematography was good like you said uh when they did actually explore the multiverse it was cool yeah. but they only explored it in like one montage they had a couple really cool uh multiverses they had one where like uh dr strange and america chavez they turned into paint or something like that which that was, was cool. really cool yeah uh another one when they turned into like anime or like video game characters or something like I that i did not like that but oh know, really yeah, oh. i hated that okay i thought that was cool but they only did that for like maybe a minute or two and then yeah. they just explored like one other universe and then that was it so to, to call this movie the multiverse of madness it doesn't quite live up to that name that's for sure and i can see that yeah and that's why i have to give this a two out of five all right, well, that's all I got. You have anything else? Uh, that is all today. I think I've just about ranted myself out about this movie. So Yes, oh, I see that. One thing we should add, though, is the second trailer for Thor Love and Thunder just dropped last night. Uh, for those of you who didn't see it, I would recommend going to see it. I'm actually kind of excited for this movie, especially for Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. Oh, yeah. He looks incredible. Yes, he does. Yeah, he might just carry that movie yet. I don't know. There's a couple things I think will carry. Guardians are in it, so... They are, but I'm going to predict no longer than 15 minutes tops. I'll say half hour. And then they're gone. But I love Guardians, so, you know, I'm going with it. (laughs) All right. Well, fair enough. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening in, and we will see you next time.